Welcome to Insert Stargate Infinity Podcast title here. A Walking Through the Stargate podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this is episode one, where <laughs> we'll be talking about the Stargate Infinity, Infinity episode number one, The Decision. Mm-hmm. This is a Patreon-supported thing. This is a thing that is happening because of the Patreons or the Patreons. And we love you all, and you're awesome people. And we thank you so much for your support. Uh, it means the world to both me and to Brent that you are here to help us make this thing possible. Uh, and as bad as this cartoon is, it's going Going to be fun and a delight for me and Brent to talk about it, and that would not happen. Zach, if- Zach, Zach, remember, we've only got about 38 minutes before the Stargate closes, so we have to be quick here. Right. I love you, Patreon supporters. <laughs> Thank you very much. Shall we dig into the background facts? Yes. Okay. So, the director for this episode is Will Mugnio. Sounds like he's got uh, it's a like Mjolnir or something, but it's. <laughs> uh, as far as I can tell, with a quick uh, IMDb search and such, it looks like he actually directed all twenty-six episodes of Stargate Infinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, most of his career was in the art department for various shows as a predominantly storyboard artist or a mm-hmm. supervisor, director, or something like that. Uh, one of the things that uh, was relatively early in his career was Spider-Man and his amazing friends. He did the oh, okay. storyboard work for that, and I have to mention that because that is Ju- one of Julie's absolute favoritist cartoons nice. on the planet. Excellent. Yeah. So the teleplay for this episode, The Decision, or Decision, it's a little bit hard. Some places it says The Decision, some places it says <laughs> Decision. So does it or does it not have a definite article? Mm, I didn't Long notice. story short, it really doesn't matter. I don't even know. I don't even know if it had a title card. It did. Anyway. It did have oh, a title oh, card, it? and I believe the title card was decision. Uh huh. The uh, the disc says the decision on it. <laughs> Something tells me that this wasn't a particularly well cared for part of the franchise. I have no idea what you're talking about. Nah. In any case. <laughs> This episode was written, as far as I can tell, by Michael Edens, who wrote a total of two episodes in this, The Decision and The Long Haul, which okay. is an episode in this. It's not on the first <laughs> disc. It's somewhere in there. We'll get to it eventually. Eventually. <laughs> uh, the original air date uh, was September 14, 2002. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just a smidge over 19 years ago from when we are recording this now. Yeah, yep. Uh, We do have several guest actors that I want to at least mention them now. I probably Mm -hmm. won't do this every week, Brent, every time we have this podcast, but it's worthwhile to do this at least... At least the first time, sure. Yeah. So, we have Mark Atchison, who plays DeKill. This is uh, the leader, I believe, of the... Tuklocklins, or whatever they call themselves. <laughs> the Tuklocklins. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the guy who played Vishnor in the episode Prisoners. Uh, who Do you remember Vishnor? that episode? Barely. So, Prisoners is the one with Linnea when she was an old person. and they. Oh, went, yeah. Right? Yep. And Vishnor is the big, giant, beefy guy that gets into a fight with Daniel. Okay. Remember so that? He, yeah, and then sort he gets, of, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets killed by 
you know, Linnea has some sort of hand device, and she's like, Bzzzt. and she's uh, like, look at that, Danny, you want to fight? And he's like, I don't remember winning. But anyway, that was Vishnor. Yeah, yeah. And that's the Got guy who does the voice of Dakil. Gotcha. We have Kathleen Barr, who does Draga. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a prolific voice actor with more than 300 IMDb credits. Wow, man. Holy cow. Um, That's a lot. Most of those are voice credits. Uh, she did My Little Pony. She did some VeggieTales. She did He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, we have Bettina Bush, who does Seattle Montoya. She's one of the cadets. Mm-hmm. We have Jim Burns, who does various voices and such throughout the series. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we've got Tiffany Kristen, who does Stacy Bonner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie Gray, who does Pakal. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't remember who that one is specifically. Uh, oh, however, man. she has a he, I'm not sure, a he. He, Mackenzie. Mackenzie could be either way, either. and I don't know. Mm-hmm. But in any case, he has a Kung Fu The Legend Continues oh, hey. uh, credit back in 95. He plays Jack the Ricker. The Jack oh. the Ripper in well, this. And Jack, the, Jack the Riker? Hmm? <laughs> that, that would be uh, Will the Riker. Oh, well, yeah. What was Will's uh, twin brother's name? Thomas. Um, Thomas. That's right. That's the, what's what the T stands for. So it's yes. William T and W T. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dot yeah. W Thomas. Anyway, W Thomas. We have Mark Hildreth who plays R J Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Blue Mankuma. Uh, oh, he I recognize is, that voice or that name. Yeah, he played Sheriff Knox in SG One's Nightwalkers. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he did some voice work in this, and in a future episode, he'll do the voice of Halak. Okay. Um, we have uh, Cuss Mankuma. I'm not certain if that's oh. how you pronounce that. Uh, that's actually Blue's son. Okay. And he does the voice of Echo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that weird uh, alien creature that's on the team. Yeah, with the one eye or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have Dale Wilson, who plays the vo- does the voice of Gus Bonner. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy who plays committee member number three, in SG-1's episode, Smoke and Mirrors. Oh, one, two, three. So the guy on the right? Uh, so number three was like the main guy in the center. Oh, the main guy in the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, so That's those fun. are our guest actors mm-hmm. for this. Um, I do have a little bit of trivia. So this episode is supposed to take place um, maybe uh, 30 or 40 years or so. Um, after, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so 30 or 40 years after Children of the Gods. So that gotcha. would put it okay. taking mm-hmm. place in either 2027 or 2037, depending. So, like, right away. <laughs> um, now, <Uh-oh. laughs> if you figure things out, that you got to figure that Bonner then would probably have been born in around ni- 1977 or 87. So okay, he's yeah. right around our age there, Brad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he makes this quip about Westerns and none of the kids understand Westerns and all that stuff. But yeah. if he was born in 1977, then that means that the era of Westerns yeah. was frankly well before his time too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's talking about like Tombstone. That could be. I mean, to be fair, even today, there are Westerns that appear on you know, in movies. Oh, yeah, totally. But the uh, joke is... It is, is not yeah. the heyday of the Western no, anymore, however. No, 
we'll cut them off at the pass. In fact, actually, I'm not even sure. So clearly, right, the line was probably inferring talking about television westerns, and we don't really have much of that. We'll have movie mm. westerns, but we don't really have television westerns. I mean, we do, sort of, but you know what I'm saying. Right. When we were growing up, television westerns were not a thing. So that's a true he statement. was watching Nick at Night. Now, that said, if he was born in 1977, as I was, mm-hmm. um, then... You know, it's reasonable, not guaranteed, but reasonable to assume that he uh, was uh, a fan of the reruns of those old westerns. That's right. That's Sitting not with crazy. His, with his with his hat, or the, the stitching on the side, or whatever, with his little like you know like suck stuck sticker gun, you know, the one the plunger. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. Gus. All right. So right there with the gun. <laughs> Put that toy away. Yes, mom. Stop playing with the arrows and the guns. <laughs> Little does he know that later on he will be using laser blasters from his wrist with like standard stun weapons that are clearly not gooled in nature. No, they are not. We've developed right. our own and we painted them red. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And and apparently everybody in the 2027s to 2037s is going to be half-shaved with tattoos all over their face. Well, it's the future. Uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. And everybody wears, like, um, mechanical body armor. It's Zach, it's the future. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. All right. I mean, I'm surprised that they're tootling around on wheels still. Yeah, but one guy has that cool jetpack that lets him fly around. Super cool jetpack. I mean, you know, that's right around the corner in technology. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond had a jetpack in the 1960s. I mean, Why come on. We to have jetpacks now. I, this is supposed to be the future. Exactly. We are living in the future. I mean, uh, according to Back uh, uh, to the Future, we're supposed to have flying cars right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Zach, a uh, quick warning here. We only have about uh, 28 minutes left on the gate here. Oh, okay. Um, so before the <laughs> gate shuts down and we are cut off from the uh, command, Stargate Command and everything else in our life, we should continue this up. Yes. Uh, so here is the synopsis of this episode that I am quoting directly from the uh, Stargate Command wiki that I have used for everything else that I use things for. Uh, you know, like, might as well give it as much effort as it gave me. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, if in the future I may actually have a chance to to rewrite these myself, but I haven't had that time right I now. Mean, so why? Carry uh, on. Yeah, you know. So the episode begins with cadets R.J. Harrison and Stacy Bonner being taken to a morph trail test in Cheyenne Mountain. Their vehicle is suddenly blasted when they stop to make a decision. A major tells them that sometimes one should just make a choice and deal with the consequences. Did you get that, Brent? Sometimes you just have to make a choice and deal with it. You don't say. Oh. I, I do say. Mm. I do say. Rather than doing nothing in a moment of indecisiveness. Meanwhile, Major Gus Bonner, who happens to be Stacy's uncle, has been put on trial for disobeying orders and sending his patrol into Tlacan into a Tlacan ambush. Bless After the trial, Nephestus, who, as a chef do, has the ability to alter his appearance, opens the Stargate so Tlacan warriors can attack Bless Stargate you. Command. Mm-hmm. 
in the they're meantime, bouncing over, they're bouncing over all sorts of stuff here in this. Uh, that's okay. Uh, that's right. Hey, 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 you know, that's right. In the meantime, a foreign alien is discovered in an Egyptian sarcophagus that is made out of the Nakwana, the same material as the Stargate. That's and the it same is discovered that Taklan were contacted by Nephestus to capture it. Oh no! Ah. Major Bonner, Stacy, Echo, Seattle, Harrison, and the creature manage to escape through the Stargate to the Taklan's home planet. Mm-hmm. The Taklan retreat to the cover of a doorway and start blasting. But the cadets manage to hold off the warriors while Major Bonner dials an address into the DHD in order to prevent the Taklan warriors from following them. Uh, and, uh, uh, sure, okay, following them through the gate. Bonner, <laughs> there's a typo, it's a major oh, yeah, typo. There's a huge typo there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> following through the gate, Bonner places a bomb on the DHD. Uh-huh. And sometimes, whether or not to trust the Major is a hard decision, and you just have to make a decision and deal with the consequences. Let's fly through the gate. You just have to do it. Yeah. The end. The end. So, dear Brent. Yeah. Uh, the decision. Mm-hmm. Or decision. What's your thoughts? Hmm. Well, okay. So, I got a little bit of setup that I have to do here in order to fully explain my thinking. Okay. We have thing 25 minutes. I think we can do it. Thing number one is that I, uh, I, I, I like the underdog. Lots of people like the underdog. It's sort of a trait of humanity anymore, but uh, like, I, I really like the underdog. <laughs> like when something is, when something is coming across as like the, 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 the wounded kicked discarded elements of something i usually end up immediately taking a bit of a shining to it and then sometimes i realize oh yeah there's a reason why this is trash and i also agree with with the masses but my first position is well i don't know let's see here what's 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 wrong with this thing so i decided to um try to approach this little project uh not so much in the mindset of a 41 year old man uh who watches science fiction uh, and enjoys it tremendously as a catalyst to talk about societal issues, but um, more like a kid. So I decided to see where this episode was aired. What you know, like what was the surrounding? And we all knew it was a Saturday morning cartoon, but I wanted to go a little bit deeper. Okay, uh, it was airing on Fox. Fox had a uh, Saturday morning programming segment called Four Kids TV, and the programming for all of it was aimed at children uh, seven to 11 years old. Okay. So I decided to sit down before watching this episode and I watched about maybe five minutes of commercials that were airing on television when I was 10 years old. So it's a different year. It's not 2002. Right. However, I wanted to, just try to get my brain into that mindset a little bit. So I ended up watching a bunch of cartoons about Dunkaroos and Lucky Charms and Darkwing Duck. And, you know, there was all sorts of things that I was just like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, okay. you know, you're, you're watching these cartoons or these commercials and, you know, you're reminded that that there was just this kind of constant, like, energy of, of like, wow, amazing. <laughs> it was just really jacked up. And yeah, I kind of remember that sort of energy when I was watching Saturday morning cartoons when I was about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So then I go and I watch the episode. And yeah, there was definitely some things about it which didn't look anything 
like Stargate SG one at all. Um, there was, there, there were some anchors which told me, no, no, this is still the Stargate universe because see, look, there's a Stargate. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and they say things like the SGC and I did catch the sound of a Zat gun going off at some part, uh, I guess it was in the title credits. Um, but I mean, boy, that's about it right now, except for the exposition, right? They crack open the sarcophagus that they found in the in Egypt, near where we found the original Stargate. It's made of Naquita, the same material made out of the Stargate, right? Like, right. they were doing that. But I got I to gotta tell you, Zach, um, I kind of liked it. <laughs> I mean, okay. from, from a 10-year-old point of view... It had action, right? You know, pew, pew. I mean, we were doing it just now about joking about the little flying things. Like, yeah. um, you know, like the storyline was just insipid. But you know what? I don't know, man. If I was 10, it'd be like, yeah, look at that shape-shifting alien. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. What are they going to do? And he hasn't been caught yet. So, like, I don't know, man. That's kind of that's kind of dangerous. I wonder what's going to happen there. Um, we got a hero who's obviously a hero. Just look at his chin, who is being falsely accused of of doing something bad. I tell you what, Zach, I've been falsely accused of doing something bad. It doesn't feel good. Absolutely. And when your friend tells you that, when your friend tells the teacher that you were the one who kicked the ball into Stacy's face and you didn't kick the ball in Stacy's face at all, you don't feel that good. So, you know, I don't feel that good. I'm glad to hear that maybe his sentence will be commuted for good behavior, but, oh wait, he's on another planet. Anyway, um, it's got, uh, it's got engagement. Like, what you know like the a little alien thing inside the sarcophagus i don't know what is that looks like you know it looked scary at first but then that one nice lady told me that it's a friend i don't know i i feel i feel scary at times and then if somebody were to look at me and say i'm actually a friend that'd be pretty fun like i like it when people do that so there's (laughs) i can absolutely see how a, a an adult viewer of the franchise would look at this and go oh my gosh ugh." woof because it is woof um (laughs) but like if i'm putting it in the uh you know i was talking to my wife about this earlier like i I was enjoying it for what it was and she said it understood the assignment and i'm like yeah that's right like its purpose is to keep a kid at the tv long enough to watch more commercials about cocoa puffs like that's what it's for it's not (laughs) meant i don't you know I, I sure if it got really popular then the then the little the little cars with the guns on top and you know the 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 brightly colored dhd on the alien planet those would make some probably some pretty good toys that they could sell for christmas but in the meantime it has one job keep the kid at the tv long enough to watch another commercial i don't know man i thought it did a pretty good job of keeping a kid at the tv for long enough to watch another commercial and then at the end of it you know sometimes you just gotta do it and you know after i got done watching the episode i was just like i had the theme song playing in my head do 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 and you know i'm kind of bopping around like you know yeah man woo. not in the same way that i would have any kind of meaningful engagement with a good story that actually moves me <laughs> but <laughs> but in the way that you do when you watch saturday morning cartoons and then you ran out in the backyard and you threw sticks in the air like does oh, my laser right like yeah it's supposed to, it's supposed to, I'm sorry. I was about to say it's supposed to inspire imagination. That's given it way too much credit. It's supposed to sell commercials. <laughs> that is what it is supposed to do. And if in the process it creates an engagement, then it is highly successful. Now, one of the things though that I thought 
might be bad is that I am clearly it's going to be episodic. He meant to say it is not episodic, but in fact, we'll have a season long arc. Right. Like th- this episode ended with, I guess, the 10 year old equivalent of a, of a cliffhanger. Like they're going through the gate to an unknown planet and they blow up the DHD behind them so they can't get chased by those alien dudes. Um, did they actually recover the, the, the alien that they were going after? I can't even remember. Yeah, they did. Okay. And um, so, you know, what's going to happen next? Now, interestingly, Zach, you and I have set up this little side project to be quite specific. And I very much agree with the, with the sentiment of this is a stretch goal for our Patreon. Every time that every month that we hit go beyond that stretch goal, we will watch another episode of this show. I find myself kind of excited for the next month where we have to watch because I'm not I by no means am I going to watch episode two just on my own volition like I said this is a 10 year old cartoon sorry a a cartoon for 10 year olds uh but I don't know man kind of excited to see what happens next I've set this whole thing up such that uh it's going to provide joy for me Brent in a way that's kind of unique and that's kind of fun um I can see though how if it's Trying to tell an episodic, or I'm sorry, did I say episodic? He said episodic. I didn't mean episodic. I meant season, season long arc. I I totally got myself all screwed up. It's setting up a season long story, or at least a multi episode story, and I and I'm kind of worried about that. I know that this this show gets canned after one season, and I wonder if it it's that they were trying to tell too much story for a Saturday morning cartoon. Because if I'm 10, then this week I am here watching the Stargate cartoon. But next week, I've got that soccer match. The week after that, we're going to grandma's. And then three weeks from now, I'll be back. But I'm probably going to be watching it a little bit earlier in the morning. And then my dad's going to come down. He's going to be like, you've been watching cartoons for too long. Turn that off. And then I miss it anyway. So the next time I come back to the story, it might be five weeks from now. And if if they don't do a good enough job hooking me on that fifth episode, then I'm kind of lost and I don't know what's going on. I'm going to flip over to, I'm going to flip over to DuckTales because, you know, I don't need, I don't need to know what's going on. It's just a fun adventure every time. So part of me is kind of wondering if that's what they're going to end up doing, which is, which makes sense for it being a downfall because you, why is it existing? It's to sell commercials. And the only way you're going to sell commercials is to keep engagement. And if you are depending on people knowing what the story was from the past few episodes, you might be running into trouble on that one. So we'll see if that comes to pass. Those are my thoughts. I actually had a good time. This isn't like Bane good time. Um, This is more like, I don't know, let me be 10 for a minute. It was fine. So what about you? What do you think about this? So, you know, I, I resonate with what you're saying. Um, There there was a moment about halfway through this episode where... um. Despite the the bonk bonk on the head that you have to make a decision that's brought back yeah. at the end, like well, <laughs> yeah, so you just have to make a decision. Um, there there was a point halfway through or so of the episode where I'm like, well, okay, so this is clearly a 20 minute cartoon and it's going very fast through everything, but it's kind of interesting. I'm curious where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you rightly put, if this is written for children. Mm-hmm. Right. This is written for kids who are 7 to 11, 12 years old or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and for kids who are that age, um, I mean, I think that you could give them a little bit more respect than this. But 
um, keeping things simple and having just a single point of saying, look, sometimes decisions are hard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you look at what's in front of you and you're like, well, I could go this way and that doesn't look good. And I can go that way and that doesn't look good. And being frozen in that moment is a bad place to be. Sometimes you just need to make your assessment, make a decision and go with it and then live with the consequences. Uh, that's actually a really good message. Mm-hmm. So despite just selling lucky charms or <laughs> whatever else it is that they're trying to sell in the commercials, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of message is a good one, and it is done in a way that that is digestible by a 7 to 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way, way bonk, bonk on the head, and it's not quite such a parallel decision when you have the guy who apparently shot you in the face... And then you're like, no, no, let's trust him as we go through the gate together. I, oh yeah, kind of breaks down a little bit. A but little bit. We also know, but <laughs> what? It breaks down a lot of it. <laughs> like, okay, but yeah, 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 I know what you're saying though. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But um, we also know, however, uh, the characters wouldn't know this internally. But we know this as the audience that that uh, clearly Gus Bonner has been framed. Yes. And in fact, we go explicit to the point of, and yes, I transformed myself into him and put his helmet cam on <laughs> so that I could give this order and screw up his life. <laughs> Captain, uh, what's his name? Captain, oh shoot, Grimes. Captain Grimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a great name. I mean, uh, the first time we see him, we don't know anything about him. But no. the first time we see him, he's twirling his mustache. That's yes. not even there. <laughs> mm, what a shame. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, as for the audience, um, you know, I suppose, you know, here is where if I'm going to be critical with this. Uh, as in critique it with a, an eye for whatever messaging. If mm-hmm. the message is sometimes you don't have a clear decision to make and you just have to make one and deal with the consequences, uh, you see that very clearly in Bonner when he's like, look, somebody made the decision, somebody has to be, re- but, and I acknowledge that, but it wasn't me who did this. Mm-hmm. And still then, even though it wasn't, he seems to uh, live in that. But we know as an audience member that he's a good guy and he didn't do what uh, he is being accused of. He mm-hmm. didn't shoot uh, the one guy in the face with the stun gun and all of that stuff. Right. Um, so we know that when he makes the decision that's unclear for him, we get that, um, that it's making the right decision. This kind of undercuts the original message, which was sometimes you don't know what the, the, the right choice is. And here's a situation is sometimes you don't know what the right choice is, but there is a right choice. Right. And you got lucky enough to get the right choice at the end. Uh, so now, now I'm bringing in my 40 year old brain into sure. this and saying, um, you know, sometimes, uh, overanalyzing it like that for the sake of what children are experiencing is too much. On the flip side, uh, I have am a firm believer that children are just small humans. Oh, yeah. And no, they absolutely. have a less experienced brain, but they don't have a lesser brain. No, right. 
And yes, you can give me all the science about how the child brain is not as developed as the adult brain, blah, 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 blah. It still needs to be something that we treat our children with the same type of uh, respect that we treat adults. I think you see it with uh, some of the, So when did uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic start coming out? It started coming out in like, what, 2010 or so? Ish, yeah, ish. Um, and... Uh, so when my daughter, who is now nine, um, when she was like two and three, uh, we were watching episodes of that. Um, I can't remember what Netflix, I can't remember. It was, you know, it was, it was out and I was delighting in how it was very intentionally talking to two different audiences. It was talking to the young children and it was talking to the adults. So the adults who were watching it, um, many, maybe a good portion of them were watching it for the nostalgia train, which of which friendship is magic is like basically like almost nothing like the original My Little Pony, except for name alone um, and names of characters. But it's, you know, but but it's it's enjoyable to watch as an adult and it's enjoyable to watch as a kid. And then I saw the same thing with the She-Ra reboot on Netflix recently. Mm-hmm. My goodness, that's a good story. It's a great story and it was exactly age appropriate for my daughter i wanted her to see this story this is a good story to see uh it's a good thing to reflect on these are good uh morals to be uh uh, subjected to and to be thinking about and it's you know it's 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 an emotive story that has a good hook for an adult to enjoy too um i'm pleased that content has been created uh, for children that acknowledges that adults are in the room and in doing so you are exp- you're doing a good job when it's done right you're doing a good job showing age-appropriate ways of adult type thoughts like mm-hmm. these are things that adults wrestle with and these are the things that we're thinking about and how we're breaking it down and how we end up getting to a choice kid do you have to worry about it right now no you don't but these are the things that are coming your way and here's a little taste about what it looks like and that's a great way to be getting a young mind kind of into the zone of as you are getting more responsible you now will emulate what you saw and then you're going to understand why it's being done that way then you're going to make your own choices you will choose to either continue to emulate it your own way or do something differently but you've done so in a way where there is understanding You've grown and that growth should be and can be transformative and la, 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 la. So bringing it back to, you know, infinity. No, yeah, I think you're right. Bonk, bonk. Sometimes you just got to make a choice. Bonk, bonk. And look, just because you got a chiseled jaw, we know that the choice you made is a good one. Wink. Like, you know, still got some problems in that regard. But at least it's saying, hey, uh, you're you're going to come in. There's times in your life where you're going to come across something where you're unsure about what to do. And it's not obvious what the right thing to do is. And indecision is usually the worst thing you can do. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just make a choice because then at least you can deal with the fallout. If it made the wrong one, you've got some work to do. If you made the right one, you got lucky. But doing nothing is always the wrong choice. Unless it's the right choice. And then you just got to make a decision. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and and sometimes the decision, and, and of course, this is the, the, the next step of things, is sometimes the decision is to not make a decision, to not say X yes or Y. But that's a decision, and then you have to deal with the consequences therein. That's and that's, right. of course, the message. That's right. That's um, right. You know, so that that's a good message for kids to hear. Uh, is it executed well? Well, it's not executed poorly. 
It's not executed poorly. I agree. Uh, it, is, it could have been done better. You know, speaking sure. of My Little Pony, I have seen some of those episodes. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed them, which mm-hmm. is impressive because I don't even have kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't have a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old to watch this with and be pleased with how it is affecting her or him in mm-hmm. that moment, blah, blah, blah. And I could still get something out of these episodes. Why? Because it's talking about good adult things and processings in a way that children can engage with. Um, And if that's the case, then it doesn't matter how old you are because you have something that's engaging with something in a positive way, in a good way. That's right. This attempts that. Uh, It doesn't quite hit the mark, but it doesn't totally miss the paper. Oh, this yeah. This is a bullseye. It, it hits one of the outside rings or maybe in the white paper around that. I don't know. It hit the hay bale, but it may well, not but have. <laughs> I view this as, uh, as an effort. So fine. Keeping the metaphor going and the target's over there. They're, they're coming at it with one of those like slime guns on Nickelodeon, right? Like if it hits <laughs> at all. It's impressive. Like, it's like, you know, because, you know, like, why did they make this content? They made the content to sell to Fox, who would then turn around and use it as a mechanic to buy or to to, to sell advertising spots for the stuff that kids then yell, yell to parents to go buy. Like, that's why it exists. And so is it at least doing us the honor of trying to tell us a message. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is, frankly, which yeah. in that regard, it's like, oh, well, hey, <laughs> you're actually not trash. Okay, all right, okay. D- d- B, you get a B, hooray. So um, I-, I have to make a comment real quick yeah. that uh, I was moderately, at least moderately disturbed, more than moderately, uh, by the laissez-faire attitude of, well, let's just blow up the whole DHD just before we escape so that they can't follow us. I mean, uh, I mean, you and I know how 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 absolutely just crushingly damning that decision is oh, for yeah. the people on that planet. Yeah. You and I know. But, you know, I mean, come on. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Go fly through that Stargate. Woo. All right. In any case. Um, the Stargate is about to close on a sprint. Yeah, three and a half minutes. Okay, we got to go. All right. How many chevrons out of seven will you give Stargate Infinity's episode number one, the pilot episode, the premiere Mm -hmm. of this 26 episode arc of cartoon-ness? I, I liked it. I got myself into a framework that I think is appropriate. Got myself into the mind of a 10 year old. And I had a fun time and I found myself kind of imagining, you know, the, 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 the you know, the wrist laser thing and the, the jet pack and the, 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 the RV, th- not RV, but you know, the ATV thing with the gun on the top, pew, 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 like, it's fine. I had a good time. I'm going to give it a six. I don't know if it deserves a six. I'm giving it a six, six out of seven. Why go. not? I had fun. This was a good time. Um, what about you? What'd you give it? I'm not going to go with a six. Um, I, I, you know, I had fun with it. I, I watched it last night after my performance. I got home and, and then it was really late at night and I'm like, oh, I got to watch this. And so I sat down and I watched it. So I was a little bit tired, but, mm-hmm. but I made it through. Um, and you know, I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, if I were looking at this from purely an adult perspective, 
it's not anywhere near that high. Oh, but no. if I think about this from a child's perspective, as you did, uh, and, and look at it from something that is aimed at children, that has something to say to children theoretically, uh, it doesn't do a bad job with that. So I'll give it, I'll give it a five. I think that from an adult point of view, this is like a two. But Probably. it's not. It's not meant for adults. It's meant for kids. Yep. Well, those are our predictions. And before the Stargate closes, I will say thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can walking through the Stargate at gmail.com. You can Twitter us. You can Facebook us. You can Discord us. You can do all of the fun things. All You're things. the listeners. You know that. And with <laughs> that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been... Insert Stargate Infinity Podcast title here. A walking through the Stargate Podcast. See you next time. Bye! <laughs>